Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. This week we are excited to have Vincent Rubino of Fox in a Box and Marin Rosenberg of Escape Artistry to discuss their latest owner survey. My name is Errol. I'm Amanda. And we are here to discuss the Chicagoland survey of escape room players. And so it was it, this was just ta- this was also featured on a blog of Room Escape Artist and it was and it's really cool because now because now, uh, he they released it actually when it was released about about a week ago I think. No, was I think it? it's more than a week. Is this it? was released a while Almost ago. 2 3 weeks. 2 or okay. 3 weeks. And they did a they did they surveyed a number of number of escape room facilities within in the Chicagoland area. Now the thing is, I don't exactly know what Chicagoland covers. Is that just Chicago? I, if if you know anything about me, and a lot of people out there probably do, I, I'm horrible with geography. I I know where Chicago is though, because that's good. That's near near us somewhat. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I went to like a the one of the first Brick World Lego conventions. It was oh. in Chicago. It was really cool. And this has nothing to do with escape rooms, but this is just to prove I know where something is. Okay. Except every time we do our enthusiast escape room yeah. meetups, I don't remember anything. So if you tell yeah, me, yeah, we have inside jokes out there now yeah, with everyone having backgrounds. I don't know where Illinois is. It's just, I don't know. None it's of just us really all, know where that it's, is. It's all confusing. Yeah. It's so big. Anyway, so 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 what exactly? Actually, you know, before we get into my clarification of of Chicagoland and everybody (laughs) around. Maybe we should introduce our guests a bit more. Yeah, so Vincent and Marin, if you want to introduce yourselves, uh, talk about about how you got into escape rooms and and what you do, that would be great. And maybe what you coach, because it sounds exciting. (laughs) We'll have to to explain that now. (laughs) Hey there, everybody. My name is Marin Rosenberg. I am the owner and manager of Escape Artistry. Escape Artistry was the third escape room company to enter the Chicago scene. We opened in November of 2015. We offer six uniquely Chicago-themed escape rooms. Uh, We'll send guests time traveling to the past, present, or future of Chicago to do what we do in escape rooms, which is solve mysteries, puzzles, riddles, find a key or accomplish a mission, and try to escape before the time runs out. Uh, again, we're proudly women-owned, we're a proudly queer company, and we so look forward to getting back to work someday. Yes, someday. And Vincent? All right, howdy. I'm the owner of Fox in a Box Chicago. Um, we got into this business a little bit before Marin's. We actually met each other when they were first doing construction on their location. I went and knocked on their door and introduced myself as a new escape room owner. So that's how we actually met. Anyway, random story. Um, but Fox in the Box opened up a little bit before Marin's operation. Uh, we opened in September of 2015. We are, we like to think of ourselves as Chicago's premier escape room, and we think of ourselves as the first escape room in Chicago um, because we have, uh, the other one is trapped in a room with a zombie, which some people don't really think of as a true escape room. (laughs) So that's one of my little fine lines and nuances of it. But anyway, Fox in a Box is actually a European franchise, um, and we came across it when I was on a sabbatical with my family. Took a year off, and we were traveling through Europe, And with my kids and my wife and my dog, and we had a big RV and we were traveling all over Europe. 
But if you've ever traveled with a family, you discover that people aren't always happy with everything. And in fact, with our crew, we could guarantee that someone was going to be unhappy with everything we did until we played an escape room. And we played an escape room in Novi Sad, Serbia on a thoroughly miserable day, but it was awesome and it changed my life because I thought, I want to do this rather than go back to being a software engineering manager. So that's what I got into doing and I have learned business um, from the complete other side. <laughs> you know, it's just been an interesting thing and that's how Fox and Box came about and We've been having a great time in Chicago, at least until about three months ago. Yeah, makes sense. It's especially with the whole kid thing. I have two kids too. How old are your kids now? Uh, my boys are twins and they're 20 now. When we were on the road, they were, uh, they were 13. Oh, um, and my daughter, kids. Yeah, and my daughter is now 14 and at the time she was eight when we went traveling. So it was, wow. it's, it was a while ago. ago. Yeah, and you kept them I, all entertained with that. Yeah, I know it's true. Probably the same with mine, except less so now because somebody likes to talk a lot after we're in an escape room and the other family members don't like it when. Yeah, it's so much. Not, it's not one person that will hate everything. <laughs> it's three out of the 75% of the family. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah, They just hate the talking, yeah. probably. Poor kids. <laughs> Make them sit around. And so then you put together this survey. I do see that happening there. And how did how did that get started? Well, the survey came about, um, it was originated out of, her name is Carla. I can't remember her last name. So we'll do that. Okay, I'm going to back out. So we got into the survey and the idea originally came from Carrie Guido of New Mexico Escape Room because she had a survey of her guests and... I was thinking that people in rural markets are probably gonna be different from people in Chicago. Um, so after seeing the results of hers, I asked her if we could borrow her survey and rewrite it. And then I reached out to all of the owners that I knew well in the Chicagoland area. And they were, um, several of them came on board. Marin was all over it right away. Um, Jason was another one was very into it out of, um, I forgot the name of his outfit in Downers Grove. Fuzzy Logic, thank you. I should remember the Fuzzy Logic. Uh, that's a very appropriate <laughs> name to forget, actually. <laughs> very true. So anyway, we, we thought we should get this survey out and see how it's different in the Chicago area versus New Mexico, because we figured these two markets are gonna be very different and it's important to get it. Um, and that's why we got the survey out. And also we wanted to get owners from all over the area instead of just one location. Um, we thought it was better to be representative. So we got people from the suburbs, we got northern suburbs, western suburbs, as well as downtown Chicago. Uh, and nice. we also have some escape room owners from uh, Urbana-Champaign, which is further, way further south, but it's a university town. Errol just made like this very worried face, like he was trying to imagine where it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where anything, but so that's kind of cool. You You are tackling a number of demographics then, like from university people, to those in the suburbs, to those in downtown core, were you able to, I mean, I probably could look at the survey, but were you able to also separate and make, I don't know, correlations between the data and the different demographics, or did you find things the same? Um, 
I did a little bit of analysis to break people out. It was it was pretty lightweight. It was like suburbs versus city, um, and then I did my guests versus people who never played Fox in a Box. And the fact is, they weren't very different. The people were pretty consistent across the thing. The only difference that we saw is the suburban market was a little bit more inclined to open um, and want want things to be open than perhaps the city market was. Um, but it was a it was a very slight difference, you know. Maybe statistically significant, but you know that means two three percent, not much. So to be clear, and I should have done this at the beginning, so I do apologize to our listeners, but there have been a number of surveys, and so people may think to themselves, it's like, oh, it's another escape room survey. No, this one's actually very specific to the isolation of COVID. So maybe I can ask you what you hope, what your goals were and what your motivation and, and why you did the survey. Okay. You want to go for it, Mary? Sure, I'll take a stab at it, um, fearless leader, and then you can fill in whatever <laughs> I forgot. Chicago has always been an interesting place to do business, be it be Chicago figuring out how they want to classify escape rooms as far as getting your appropriate business licensing in order. Um, and uh, Chicago is also a place that likely is not going to have included escape rooms specifically in the, and now these businesses can reopen. So in an attempt to help both us as escape room owners know what our customers wanted to feel safe to come back and play, but also so we could help policymakers have empirical data to say, hey, this is supported and here's what your voting constituency wants, go for it. Um, so that's why we collected information about both what would make you feel safe, what would help you, what would make you want to come back. Um, and uh, so we, there were a couple different markets and audiences in mind for the data. Um, and uh, Vince, I think, really sort of had a full, pretty fully fledged idea about it once he presented it to folks like myself and Jason and the other escape promoters in Chicago. Cool. And, and so as far as like, I know that it was your guests that you, um, that you decided to engage and was that through like a series of emailing lists and that kind of thing where you just sent out saying, Hey, um, we're looking to open back up, but we need your input. You know, what are your concerns? Please consider filling out the survey. Like, was it, was it mostly that? Uh, Verbatim. That's That's exactly what it was. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> what did you find your response rate was? I, I mean, I've noticed that you have about about almost 600 responses, but was, I don't know, I'm assuming that it might be a lot of people that are really into escape rooms, or maybe, I'm not too sure on what the enthusiast market is like out in Chicago, but I can imagine that there'd be a number of people just willing to do anything, so... We did get people who were definitely more enthusiastic. We had quite a few people who had only played one escape room before. Um, and I think that was actually a surprising result. About 50, 60% of people had only played one. That said, when we averaged the number of escape room facilities that they'd been to, the average was almost like five. So it shows that some people were quite extreme with their numbers um, in order to push that average that high. But yeah, we had a large number of people who had only played one. And that was kind of a, a good feel for the market as well. 
Oh, and each of the organizations uh, sent out their own copy of the survey. That way we weren't violating anybody's privacy by sharing their email addresses with other companies. But we were able to say, hey, you've played our escape room. We know you love escape rooms. Here's what we're trying to come to understand. So that's how we were able to get contributions from a variety of places, a variety of types of people, because Box in a Box sent out their survey, Escape Artistry sent out their survey, and if Joe, Escape Room Enthusiast, had played at both locations, they got multiple emails. But we figured that would be better than putting together one big massive mailing list and making everybody feel uncomfortable about their data being shared. That's fair. That's very, very fair. True. Yeah. So yeah, we. Uh, I was looking at the results earlier and... Um, you know, it's, it's funny, like, was there anything surprising in the results that you didn't expect to see? Like anything that people voted on, uh, as a higher priority than what you actually expected? The one statistic that stood out to me was that when we asked, why would you want to come back to an escape room? Over 60% said that they wanted to be supporting a local business, which I found very heartening. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was less like, please get me out of my house. I, I want to kill my family. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I, I've, I've exhausted my Netflix and, you know, I've read every book in my library. Um, and that was one that I was kind of like, no, heart. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the results right now. We have 74%, I do believe. I'm on my phone and I'm old, so I can't see. But 74% people responded with support local business, which is great. And the next one down looks like to be, what is that? 69% just misplaying them. them. So that's great. Yeah. And at the very bottom is... Gift cards. I (laughs) I did see that. Yeah. (laughs) I'll come if you let me have it for cheaper. <laughs> uh, safer than other recreational activities. I think there was one I saw in there where, um, oh, what was it? Where they considered something safer than an escape room. Oh, maybe, maybe it was, was another survey. Live indoor physical activities, I think, was that one was a little surprising to me. Yeah. More people uh, consider the live physical activities safer than an escape room. One needs to be fair. They saw it equivalent. They didn't see it as safer then. Oh, okay. Equivalent. So, you know, just just to be clear, exactly. It's a similar safety thing. Whereas, you know, some of the other things, I think, I think they make sense, but they're helpful to give to a policy person is that escape rooms are viewed as safer than movie theaters, um, safer than outdoor theme parks, going to a gym or pool. There's a lot of pressure to like open up gyms, but here we have 60% of people think escape rooms are safer than gyms. Um, and, and gyms are things- gross without Corona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, only, you know, cause it's like, oh, somebody else sweaty sat here. No, I'm going to do it. Of course, like, anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no worries. And the other one that I think was quite surprising in its extremity, I think it makes some sense, is that 76% of people thought that bars were safer than escape rooms. Sorry, bars were less safe than escape rooms. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that's a, yeah. Or contracting the, COVID, not, you know, for your own health, well-being, and like whether you're making good life decisions. 
Well, I know we talked about things that were surprising on the survey, but we probably should talk about the key takeaways. So if you take a look at the too long didn't read at the top of the survey, we have at least five of them. And there are safety is a top priority. Guest requirements are high for sanitization. And most will do their part. Good on you, guests. Uh, provided escape rooms clean and sanitized are much safer than most activities. And guests, however, are not coming back immediately. And live video escape rooms have a market and pricing looks to be around $20 per person. And so I take it these are uh, from the Chicago area. Are you fine? I, I want to talk a little bit about the live video escape rooms for a bit because uh, that's if you're on any of the Facebook enthusiast groups, everybody's always talking about those. And so are there a lot of facilities in the Chicagoland area? Why is it called Chicagoland? Sorry, is that just, just re- referencing every We're circling back suburb? to Chicagoland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chicagoland, it's, it's an expression that goes back as long as I've been alive, probably before, before that. And people, you know, don't call it the tri-state area or anything crazy like that. It's just been called, you know... The greater Chicago metro area just sounds stupid. And I think the expression Chicagoland just came about. It probably is tied somehow to selling cars. Ah, okay. And so that will cover like a variety of um, like the the, uh, the surrounding area. Does that like include other small towns or how does that And I think you can have it flexible to suit your needs. So if you want to sound like big city... You can say, oh, yeah, we're part of the Chicago land area. You may be two and a half hours outside of Chicago, but if you see yourself as the Chicago land area, or if you're like, oh, no, I'm in real estate, this is not the Chicago land area. This is Evanston. Now, if you cross the street, it's Chicago land, but no, no. <laughs> Our school districts are better. Um, oh, so, yes, okay. I, think, I think it is. A, it's also nice because it's a little less specific. We should call ours Toronto Land. No, we didn't. No, I said we should. Oh. Yeah. No, the GTA is easier. Greater Toronto area. That sounds lame. (laughs) So getting back to my question, are there a lot of facilities doing the live remote or any type of online escape room game in your area? Um, so Fuzzy Logic, uh, which was one of the sponsors of uh, sponsors original sponsors of this, um, they're running a live escape room in the Chicago area. So this survey actually came out a little bit before they announced, or maybe just basically when they announced. So part of it was they wanted to discover is there a market for this, and they were hoping to get the results. And I know on my end, I've been trying to convince our franchise that we need to start doing this. So I was trying to use this as ammunition for, yes, there's really a market um, for it. So the questions were a little bit self-serving, at least when it came to the live video escape rooms. <laughs> That's actually shocking. So the the European headquarters, because I know that the the whole online escape room thing, there are actually now too many to choose from. So that's what I'm thinking to myself. It's just like, and and Amanda Man Pants is like doing like one, two, two a week. How many are you doing now? I'm doing one a week. One a week. Yeah. She's the, you know, and and the but great thing is them. that she <laughs> plays with people all around the world. Well, it's great. And it's also kind of, uh, well, we have to coordinate four time zones usually. So 
one person's in Australia, one's in London, I'm in Toronto, and then and then wherever the escape room is. So uh, it's it's usually like so. The last one we played, I was playing at two a.m. my time till about four a.m. Uh, so that so somebody always has to sacrifice their their sleep a little bit because we can't accommodate them all. But it's exciting to to meet people. These are people I haven't hung out with a lot, so. Yeah, we have a new team. It's but I great. can also understand uh, from their point of view as well, because there is probably going to be a lot of development time, depending on the room itself. And there are some rooms that are better than others, because yes. on uh, a, a, an in-person live room is significantly different when you translate it to video. And that can be, <laughs> yes, as Manda has discovered, and I have as well. Yeah. There's, there's varying results, as with all escape rooms, as with in-person escape rooms, too, right? Just for different reasons. So you have this survey. You got um, how has the results of that survey helped you in planning for your own reopenings, uh, whenever that might be? Well, I guess at this point, what we're trying to do is use it to contact and talk to policymakers, convince them that we need to open a little bit earlier than maybe they were thinking of. Um, The big things that we've been hearing prior to this is that, oh yeah, bars and restaurants really have to open. They really have to open soon. And that's why for us it was really important, this finding that 73% of people thought an escape room is safer than a bar. Um, Because if bars are the line for what is phase four for reopening, then escape rooms clearly should be reopened. Whereas Illinois, it's really not clear where entertainment and recreational activities fall. Um, And that's why we're trying to make sure that we're a little bit more appropriately placed instead of what people are perceiving as a problem of people in a room. We're a niche industry. And one of the other joys of being a Chicago escape room owner is we have a business license that is the same as a 850 plus seat theater. Uh, We have what's called a PPA, which is a public place of amusement. So even though we can limit our activity to 10 people or less or whatever people are saying, um, if you want to have a bar and charge tickets for to watch a pay-per-view match, if you want to have a strip club, if you want to have it, uh, if you have a video game arcade, um, this is, it's all the same umbrella. So we're afraid that we're going to get treated like you know, a massive music venue with six bars in it because our business license is the same. And we also certainly feel like in many respects, we are a safer option and a safer thing to do than say, go sit in a bar. But because we're a niche industry, you know, there's less than 20 escape room companies in the city, it doesn't make a ton of sense unless someone sort of literally spoon feeds you all of the the data for politicians and policymakers to make, you know, t- carve time out of their legislating calendars to be like, oh, yes, in escape rooms. What are we going to do about escape rooms? And unfortunately, you know, we're, again, all sort of independently owned small businesses. And uh, I am very happy to sometimes beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission. But when begging for forgiveness also includes uh, multiple thousands of dollars of fines, I really would like to have permission first or it in writing from somebody who can protect me more so than just 
Oh, well, good. You know for the next pandemic that you can't. (laughs) (laughs) So are there any operational changes that you would consider doing to help convince the officials that you are allowed to open? I've heard that there are a number of changes that other escape rooms around the U.S. and and, and around the world, the ones that are able to open, they've made some changes to how they run things? Uh, Are you planning or or are you considering, what other kind of changes are you considering? Even more so than, well, even including things like sanitizing your room. Absolutely. We're we're making lots of changes. Um, Our rooms have always been private. We're a little bit unusual in America in that um, Foxy Box has private rooms, but we're going to be ramping up with things like sanitization between each game. Um, We've changing our schedule so we won't actually have groups, different groups in the lobby at the same time. The games will all be staggered. Um, And we're adding like 30 or 40 minutes of cleanup time in addition to our already rich cleanup and reset time to make sure that we can take care of it. Um, We're looking into other options like cancellation insurance to help out, you know, those those people who want are a little bit nervous about how it's going to all work out if they have to cancel on short notice. So we've got a number of policies there that are going to kick in and we're aiming to be best in class um, for the safety in our rooms. Well, that sounds great, actually. Mm-hmm. We've also been exploring things like uh, making policies that guests have to wear masks, guests need to wash their hands, and that's something that a staff person, you know, it's not like they're going to, you know, they're like, I need to see you each go into the restroom and wash your hands. We also got information that guests would be willing to wear gloves. Um, again, whether or not that's something, um, and I think at the very least, one of the things that escape rooms can do is make sure that they have those supplies on hand so that guests, if, if for example, you're an ER doctor, you are a much higher risk and I can ask you all the questions and I can take your temperature contactlessly, but if you know for that you are the type of person who should be extra cautious or vice versa, that you are an immune compromised person, having things like gloves available, having, you know, and being able to explain to guests that, hey, look, I know maybe your county doesn't require you to wear a mask, but in here so that everybody can feel a certain level of safety, purchase masks already, like uh, reusable cloth masks so that you, someone who they come they can buy a mask if they don't have one, and then they have no excuse for not wearing a mask when they come in. <laughs> yeah, totally. Makes sense. I probably still have to wear shoes. It's a sad thing. I was also thinking... You will have to wear shoes in our rooms. Yeah. <laughs> I was also thinking when you mentioned, like, you would time it so that no group is in there at the same time. Errol has a habit of being, like, super oh, right. early to rooms. That is true. You would have to, like, actually be... Almost Errol. I'm the opposite of all the other guests you'll have. I usually come in from a half an hour to an hour earlier because I just don't want to be late. Because this is important to get to the escape room. And so I will be there early and just sit in the lobby and use Wi-Fi if need be. Now we'll just sit in the car. (laughs) Like, I don't normally come an hour early. Just a half an hour early. No, no. It's usually like... No, no, no. Not all rooms are an hour early. Just, just... Just a couple. If I'm out of town, then I definitely will come early. Yes. Because, you yeah. know, I get lost really easily. I don't even know where Chicago is. So, you know, actually, I know it's like eight hours to the west of us, southwest. It's all good. Well, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, sure. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Talking to a lot of other enthusiasts, they're just they're chomping at the bit to get to to get to some rooms. And I think even with all the safety precautions, their biggest problem is finding friends to join them because a lot of them too. A lot of escape rooms are not doing the public public booking anymore. And so I, I know mm-hmm. it was Stephen that was saying because I can't get any of my friends to go and so he just needs to find more enthusiast friends and expand his bubble only to enthusiast friends oh is that so <laughs> here in toronto like in in ontario we we just had announced part of our you know re-socializing phase is that everybody gets a 10-person bubble so those are the people you can hug, but you basically all ten people have to. You go to straight make... for the hugging. I thought it was just hanging out with them. Oh no, it's you... like it's like physical. Uh, you know, I'm not whatever. physically touching my friends. That human what? contact stuff, <laughs> like human contact stuff, because every you could we could still like with everybody else we could have like a backyard visit or something. Everyone sits six feet away. Back but rubs. You can have like a ten person bubble where you only see those friends and everybody has to make a pact just to see them. So yeah, it'd be funny if just enthusiasts for the purposes of doing these escape rooms, just, you know, forget it, family. I'm just gonna... Just gonna <laughs> hang know, out with Errol. in a house with enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so how many escape room facilities are there in Chicagoland? Uh, I think Chicagoland has about... 70 or 80 escape Ooh. room facilities um, and something nice. around that. I think we've got about 20 in the city proper, uh, but in the suburbs, we have quite a few. Uh, I mean, it's a big area. The, met- the total Chicagoland metro area is probably about 9 to 10 million people. Mm. So well, it's an so audience. Yeah. So are there a lot of, do you have a lot of enthusiast meetup type things? Do a lot of the enthusiasts get together and form clubs in Chicagoland? You know, I was thinking that that would be a thing that like the Chicagoans would get super into, but you know, and while there, while there are certainly, I'm sure some folks who are like, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll come and be like, yeah, we played every, you know, every one of your rooms together, what have you. I've got six, uh, six different rooms. I thought they would be more like, you know, the equivalent of like, the bowling tournament shirt and you know everyone would have their little name on their lapel or um, <laughs> we got a I, I got a not undecent number of like cosplay folks who will like do it and then they'll be like oh okay great we're dressed we're all you know in cosplay as pirates and we're gonna go do the pirate room but uh no I actually I thought there would be you know something you know Chicagoans seem to like competitive things but because you can't drink at the same time, I think Chicagoans <laughs> were a little less excited to form a club about it. And they're like, no, my in-laws are in town, so we'll do an escape room, and then we'll go to brunch. Brunch? Wow, you open up early. Yes, brunch is a very big, important part of Chicago so- social stuff. <laughs> so, like, escape, so people do it at I like early, that, escape room before brunch. Yeah, that's amazing. escape room, that's awesome. <laughs> a fair amount of drinking that happens at brunch so you again you have to do the escape room before oh. you imbibe the bottomless mimosas mm, um, yeah <laughs> and then you will and, then not have your buzz killed and you will be usually more successful yeah remember, the in-laws are in town so you're like getting up earlier and you know so that actually kind of interesting because i know that there are little pockets of enthusiasts that spring up and it makes me wonder why there aren't 
you know, because in some place like Chicago, where there would be, there's at least 70 facilities, and there's probably a few people out there that are just doing them all, right? Because we have a similar amount in our area as well, and we're at the point where we've run out. So it wasn't that big of a, I mean, it was a little bit of a big of a deal that it went down, but it wasn't also that big of a deal because there weren't that many for us to do in our area. So, and, and I think almost a lot of us know each other in, in, in the area because, because we have our own Facebook groups because we want to talk about it, right? You want to talk about the rooms that you did and you don't want to spoil it for anybody else. And so we, we get together and have a few meetups. We, we, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, maybe they're doing it behind your back and you don't know. Who knows? This very well could be true. <laughs> <laughs> we're, very, we're busy running the escape rooms, so we don't even get to like play each other's escape rooms, let alone form teams and play each other's escape rooms. That's two things we don't have time for. Yeah, no, that's true. And your vacation days are probably all the same day. Is it all Monday? Is it always Monday? Or your off day? Sorry, your off your day. Your dark day. Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, not vacation. I meant your off day. <laughs> Is there a day you're not normally open when it's not COVID? I mean, but <laughs> seven days a week. No, it's Ooh. seven days. Oh. <laughs> yeah, remember, bad. America, customer service. Bigger, better, <laughs> and they're always right. Except for not. But they have to at least think that we think that they are. Yep. <laughs> Canadians are like, I'm tired. I'm taking Monday off. They don't no, really I'm take Monday off, but yeah. Speak to the manager. Yeah. So when do you hope to be open again? I know that you have the, what did you say, phase four for you? And that's probably not in the far future. What's what's the best case scenario for opening time-wise, apart from immediately right the heck now? I guess my sense is late June, early July. That's when phase four seems to be going to roll out in Illinois. Um, That said, there are already several escape rooms that are open in the Chicagoland area. None in the city, as far as I know, but they're basically in the far, far suburbs is where you'll get them. Um, So some owners are a little bit more flexible on what they think is appropriate. Um, And some of us are looking for a little bit more of a blessing. Um, But as Mirren pointed out, at some point, we may just want to open anyway, realizing we might not get a formal blessing. So that's where June, early July is feeling cool. like it has potential. Yeah, it's a bit shocking in a way when I'm on the enthusiast group and I'll see somebody post in, in in the U.S. just like, oh, I'm going to, like, we're all going to an escape room. Who's available? And I'm like, you're going? Like, physically? <laughs> like, it's only been three months, but it already feels like three years without an escape room. And it's, so it's just so shocking to see, like, oh, that's right. We, they're, they're, they are going to open at some point. So gives gives me hope in Toronto, but it's definitely going to be different. <laughs> I'm definitely well, it, getting more phone calls going, are you guys open? <laughs> really? it, it says it's closed online. You can't purchase tickets, but... I don't know, maybe again, in the true Chicago tradition where you vote early and often, and as long as you know who to ask and how to ask, you can do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're thinking like, well, if I call and they don't say they're not closed, then what that means is they're open and I can walk in and buy tickets. <laughs> it's like, but I called. <laughs> Surely you wouldn't deny someone who called yeah 
<laughs> I used my voice and communicated with another person's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Did we get Marin's origin story? We got Vincent's. Yeah, we got Marin's right at the beginning. Oh. She went first. Uh, yeah, I, her origin story. Yeah, quite my ahead. origin story. Oh, okay. Um, I'm a... Uh, I'm an actor by training. I moved back to the U.S. in 2012 um, and uh, had been working full-time as a performer. I didn't get my holiday gig that I was expecting to get at Navy Pier, so I was hustling really hard to try to find another gig. And somebody posted something on an audition blog about trapping people in rooms with zombies or something. So me being, you know, the consummate professional at two o'clock in the morning, I wrote a very snarky email being like, cause it said, you know, send your name, send your resumes and three reasons why you think this would be a great job. I'm like, this is not how you do auditions, you know? <laughs> um, I'm still very friendly with Marty Parker, so we're fine. But, um, you know, so I wrote snarky things like, e I'm a, vegetarian so even if i become a method actor i won't be a zombie that eats your guests and you won't need liability insurance for it or, uh, he thought i was a hoot and when uh, he was moving in to chicago chicago ended up being his first location i was like so do you, do you need help moving furniture and before i knew it i was his executive producer and was sort of traveling around the company, I uh, around the country, helping him open spaces. I sort of, I did more of the, how does the zombie interact with the guests and what is the character and how do we make this something that, uh, you know, actors can do on a regular basis. Um, so I did that for a year, um, helped, so, uh, been well, in the escape business since December of 2013, which was our first trapped in a room with a zombie in Chicago. And again, you know, it was prime zombie time. Everyone was excited about The Walking Dead and uh, no one had any idea what an escape room was. So they were like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I just wanted to be trapped in a room with a zombie. The rest is like, cool, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then come... March of 2015, we ended up coming to a deal where instead of me continuing to work for Room Escape Adventures, um, I would go ahead and open my own company. And we, you know, again, the thing that's kind of nice about the escape room industry is because it's a one-time use product, you know, if Vince doesn't have great escape rooms or I don't have great escape rooms, if you come and play one of ours first and you have a bad experience, you're not going to come and play the other person's and it's not like, oh, you love the bunker at Fox in a Box. You're not going to suddenly then go and play the bunker every single weekend. You right. know, you're going to need different new materials. So what has been nice is that we can still very much sort of be a rising tide lifts all ships and a lot less sort of friendly, but like with a, you know, a, an eye on the fact that they're your competitor. For us, it's all a lot more about like, no, let's all make sure we have good safety. Let's all make sure that we're... Uh, doing things properly. Let's make sure that we all offer high quality, you know, experiences so that people can, you know, in 2013, half of marketing was what's an escape room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get less calls now about sex dungeons than I used to. People seem to <laughs> understand the difference now. Um, and, uh, and now more of it is about how do you, I would say, 
I don't know, Vince, did we in 2016, 2000, I'd say 2016, 2017, we more so shifted from what is an escape room marketing to differentiating between, oh no, I know you've played an escape room, but we don't, I don't own every escape room in all yeah. of Chicagoland. Right. Also, right. that that viewpoint has finally shift, shifted. That's impressive. <laughs> People will be like, oh, I've done your gold rush one. I'm like, no, that's the different company. I know we yeah. all have escape in the name, so it's hard to differentiate, but except for Fox in a Box, because y'all got on that. <laughs> We're different. Well, I usually find that in every every city, it's it's the people who started uh, defines what an escape room is almost, and almost even changes the terminology. So people will call it different things, probably because of the name. So sometimes that happens. And I was hoping at one point in time that it would eventually that the mainstream would figure out finally that it's just not one huge new world company that runs every single escape room in the world but that might still be a thing so yeah. i know in toronto it's it's still hard for all the escape rooms here because when you say escape room to someone who doesn't who hasn't played one they're going to think of one company yeah and it's the most uh it's probably the most extravagant one because we have a it's because they they're they're they were smart and grabbed a lot of the historical famous places and so people know who they are yeah. Uh, you know, that's one thing I, I didn't think about until just a second ago when you were discussing, like, you know, trapped in a room with a zombie and how, like, you, you, you know, train them acting-wise and interaction-wise. But that's something that's going to change. We don't have a lot of escape rooms in North America that have actors in them, but I imagine that post-COVID, that is going to change quite a bit, at least in the immediate sense. In really? That. You think it'll change? I don't think it'll change. You don't think it'll change? No. Why would people want actors in the room? No, 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 no. I don't mean want them wanting it more. I mean, for those that have pre-existing actors in the room, like that's oh, part of Oh, they're going to remove design. the actors. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that I, makes more sense. I can't imagine that it would work like, I don't know. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, actors aren't really a huge thing now anyway, so no. it might not be a that much of a difference. I do know that some people are saying that the the pre-talk where the person says, please don't climb on the roof, that's pretty much getting, that will probably be all recorded now. And, oh, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of escape rooms are just doing the pre-recorded talk, just having it on a screen while everybody else is behind a sneeze guard or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Guards are already pre, pre-recorded, but one of the things we have found is because you can't control the personality type of the group, there are some mm -hmm. folks who are super attentive and who will watch and like pay attention to every single word. And then there are some folks who are like, man, the rules apply to other people, but not to me. So I feel like that's one person in our group. What? No, yeah. that's Mike. Mike is the one that doesn't pay attention. I don't even bother solving the room until 30 minutes in. <laughs> So the two of you. <laughs> I also don't pay attention, but I don't do any solving. Oh yeah, yeah. Michael tried solve. If if we're in the room while the intro is happening, Michael tried solve it. While I, I'm like, looking for a place to put my yet. shoes. Let the intro And I'm talk. making sure that the GM sees us by waving at them. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like it when there's a staging room where you like go in, watch a video with no distractions around you, no puzzles to solve. Some some rooms just turn the lights off. Yeah, I don't like that. Why? Because the mic still looks around. <laughs> you still like, 
Well, like, yeah, but it's dark. Anyway. We just tell him not to. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> distractions. <laughs> no, but I think the the pre-staging room would be problematic because then somebody has to lead you to the room again, right? That's true. Right, and then, unless they have like, please follow the arrow. <laughs> the arrows are pointing to the east door. Oh, they wouldn't say do- east door to your right. So. There's so many things. There's so many things. I I respect you guys and and having to figure this out because I yeah, it's um it's a tough it's a tough thing. But this survey has some great like results and everything and it's nice to see that it's largely optimistic, right? People want to come back and people are willing to come back, you know, I want to come back. So long as there's sanitation, so long like people will feel safe enough with with good measures put in place. Um, I can't remember where was, where was I want to wait for a vaccine? Oh, um, that was under safety. Um, when you're going to come back. There was one cat. There were a couple questions that said, when will you feel comfortable coming back or under what circumstances? And we did give people like, I will not be back until there is a vaccine. Yeah. Um, so there were, there were a couple questions with that. Yeah. Which is a fair way to, you know, go about your life. That was, I think, the nine percent, right? One uh, zero. I am not unable to do so unless there's a vaccine. Yeah, that was lower than I th- what I thought it was going to be. Well, you know, but we don't know when the vaccine is coming That's out. That's true. My need for escape rooms <laughs> outweighs my patience for a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, I think it's how, however big you can get your hugging group. Yes, my hugging mm-hmm. group. And that's, again, one of the other things that we really can't control as escape room owners. You know, obviously, you know, often, often, you know, families will come and play. And my guess is families have already been exposed and such. But that does give people a little bit of agency as far as if, you know, this is a group of six friends and they have all decided that they feel comfortable and safe to go and play together. Um, then they can go and choose to do that. Uh, you know, we're not going to ask people to prove that they've, you know, show us your COVID test results or anything like that. But we do ask again, you know, it's like, if you feel that you have been, you know, I, I certainly know one of the other things that we'll be doing is sending out another email. That's like, if you've experienced a cough, had a fever over, we do Fahrenheit, but a hundred, 100- 100.4 degrees if you've lost taste if you've lost you know sensitivity to taste we ask you not to come because these are common symptoms of covid and we want to keep the spaces as safe as possible so that as many people as possible can come you know which again opens mm-hmm. up the question of cancellation insurance um because often before we've gotten to be very strict about cancellation you know people will be like can i reschedule and i'm like it sounds like you just had three cocktails and didn't realize how far it would take how long it would take you to walk from seven blocks away to this escape room so (laughs) reschedule um you can buy tickets for a later escape but now and again and i think most of us are pretty nice as escape room owners you know we we all, all of us on this conversation live in cities that have snowstorms and we're not going to tell people, you know, no, you must put your children's life in danger, load up the minivan, you have to be here. Yeah. <laughs> if it's something that's genuinely outside of someone's control, which I feel a pandemic is, you know, we'll let people reschedule, but it's never, there's never a formalized policy around it because that gives us the opportunity to judge, is this a for cocktail or four feet of snow 
desire for cancellation. No, that makes sense. Definitely. If it's a snowstorm, then I leave an hour early to get there you for an like hour early. early. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I'm not gonna miss the escape room. No. No. Oh. <laughs> Owner's worst nightmare. That's me. I'm just looking through the server right yeah. now. Oh worries. So editing. editing. Yeah. <laughs> Take a great swath of awkward pause out. That um, what kind of do you do mostly do theater acting or or Vince is a very accomplished theater actor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, both of you are? <laughs> He's making a face. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm much more in the amateur, you know, put me in a dress type thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the US. We have plenty of drag and it could always get better. My my niece and nephew recently got a uh, got a picture book for their uh, library that says uh, the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. <laughs> I haven't awesome. seen the rest of the book, but the cover itself made brought sparked joy, as Marie Kondo would say. That would be one of the five books that uh, Marie Kondo would have to let me keep. Um, keep I, uh, I do, uh, you know, I'm an actor, so I can't really say no to the Chief Pace commercials or the, the, or the you know, industrial films where I'm like, yeah. This is what a Super 8 looks like. Yeah. Convert it into a DVD. (laughs) thing. Um, Why I have Super 8 sitting on my desk is a different story. But it was the thing that was closest to my hand. Um, No, I'd say the majority of what I do now is uh, TV and also theater. Uh, Cool. So do you get a chance? Sorry. uh, Do you get a chance? I don't know what the market is for actors in escape rooms in Chicagoland is, but... Were there, other than trapped in a room with a zombie, were there ones that required more acting chops and, you know, grunting and crawling so around I, on the ground? Grunting, not necessarily. I think that was a zombie, a pretty zombie-specific one. <laughs> I escape artistry. Um, my shtick is I'm not a game designer. I'm an experienced designer. Ooh, nice, so, yeah we're much more about sort of playing in world and thinking of it kind of like Renaissance fair. You know, mm. if you want to talk to the person in character, we're not going to look at you funny, but we're also right. not going to pretend we don't understand you if you don't call it time travel or refer to them <laughs> as your mission specialist, you know. But right. when we lose or when we introduce things, we, exp- you know, we explain that, you know, we're about to go into the time, time machine and, you know, these are very important safety regulations to make sure that your time travel experience, you know, is best. Now everyone really knows we're just walking down a hallway with some gobo lights in it. <laughs> but it again it sort of allows people to have the, the degree of suspended disbelief that they want to indulge themselves in. Um, yeah. So we're never going to be like, we're never going to tell somebody they have to play along, but we're always going to stay in character from the moment they walk into the lobby to the moment that they leave. That also, again, I find at least with a number of the folks who I employ, everyone who works for escape artistry is an artist in some respect, but it allows folks to really take on a character so that yeah. they be a little more autonomous from the group. So they don't have to, so like, you know, and if you have a really crappy group who is super rude, they weren't rude to me, Marin. they were rude to Rosie, the front desk person. And Rosie is, at least also as me, able to be sort of super customer service-y. Whereas <laughs> I am the I am I am a you know proud female escape room owner and I have authority <laughs> over things and 
you know, Rosie can just say, no, I'm so sorry. We don't offer any, de- you know, deals or discounts right now. Whereas I can be like, <laughs> I would like you to explain to me why you think that I need to devalue my product. You don't think it's worth the full price. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice out for folks and helps people sort of keep a little separation between customer service experience <laughs> and you as a human being. But that's a very specific thing that I sort of created in my escape room beef because that's that's the world that I come from. And so that's the easiest way for me to communicate with people. And that's also the circle of people who I have. And honestly, I think as long as you're not like looking like a disgruntled college student who's like waiting for their laundry to get finished, you know, and they're like, and you've walked into the basement. <laughs> kind of fine, you know, Pe- people should understand at least at this point, like what it is. But I have also found uh, for us who do things in character, it helps put people at ease a little bit, especially when you get those like hyper nervous folks. They're like, oh, they're playing. It's, it's, it's a game and we're playing as opposed to like, are we really trapped inside the room? And like, right. you know, people will be like, what happens if, you know, uh, you know, we don't want anybody to need their inhaler or have a panic attack. And when you're in character, you can put people yeah. at ease a little bit more because if there's no line between like, this is me trying to tell you what you want to hear. And this is me telling you that that's not safe. <laughs> uh, you can then, if you're talking to people in your character, and then you're like, no, actually, that's not safe. Like, you <laughs> your finger out of the electrical socket right now. Okay, great, everybody. Now back to, you know, your adventure. <laughs> you want sort of, again, that little extra level of authority. If people right. are willing to break the fourth wall to keep you from exploring the electrical socket socket with the pen you were given or what have you, or, you know, uh, can someone please lift the baby off of the bookshelf and keep the baby in hand because, you know, baby shouldn't be on the bookshelf. Rotten kids. I'm sad because I know I'm in one of, in, I'm in the minor- minority for a lot of things. And that's why I'm not anybody's target audience, but I do like having actors in a room because I like to interact with actors an awful lot. You but I do. I love interacting with actors. Yes. But unfortunately, that's not the case for most enthusiasts or in the mainstream. So <laughs> the is so. a little unique in that we have a really rich history of improv. Oh nice. Yeah. Um, you know, folks have seen a second city show and they know that, you know, if someone looks at you and goes, What's your name? you don't sit quietly and go. Right. Yeah. You know, you're, oh, you, and they'll talk back and respond. Um, yeah. And yeah. And again, it's like I we don't we don't specifically have the actors in the room with you, but we can always see you. We can always hear you, and you get videos that have been curated so that you can so that the host can interact with the video, creating the illusion that the video is actually seeing and talking in real time. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, it's great. I, I, I asked that question just as like, a, oh, I'll ask her what kind of acting she does while Errol looks at the survey and then it turned into oh, a yeah. great conversation. Hopefully that can, all be on the, that can all be on the podcast, right? Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today and, and telling us about your survey. Thanks for doing the survey. And it's, you know, it's it's nice to see like some, for, like, you know, what what escape room openings are have a chance to look like um once you got once everyone reaches that phase where they can actually reopen and what people's expectations are um i guess i'm hoping that other areas do it too like that you know it seems like a good opportunity to see how each like you're right you know a um a survey for one area might not have the same 
results as a survey for another area. So it'd be interesting to see what different cities, what different uh, regions have. But this is this is great to see. So if people would like to find you online, where can they find you? Either to book tickets or to check out your webpage or... Or just ask if you're open. Or ask if you're open. <laughs> okay, um, go to foxinaboxchicago.com or you can always call us at 312-878-7899. If you want to speak to Rosie, your lovely customer service assistant, or somebody else who works for Escape Artistry, you can call 773-789-9535. You can call or text 773-789-9535. And you can visit our website, which is escape-artistry.com, escape-artistry.com. And once again, this was for the Chicagoland survey of previous escape room players about reopening after COVID has passed. So if you are interested in seeing it, you can find it on Room Escape Artists' blog. Yeah, where else can you find the survey? Or is the survey also available on your websites? Thankfully, Vince has made a beautiful place where everyone can find the survey data online. Oh, even better. Yeah. And I will give you, I will send you that URL later because it's a hairy <laughs> URL. Ah, uh, okay, did, okay. Doesn't have a face for radio. Uh, okay, that's yeah. okay. I think I have that URL as well. But by all means, send it over. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Fantastic. I will do that. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us and thanks for the survey. I will talk us out now. Uh, Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one you can stop it you can also go to uh our facebook page or you can email roomescapedivas at gmail.com we love getting emails you can go to our facebook page click the like button on the room escape divas page that like that was a what that was <laughs> your daughter made that for oh, me oh she did yeah oh, then that's good yeah <laughs> goodness um a non creepy thing that she made me oh my gosh uh and if you use the hash uh, you use twitter you can use the hashtag re divas because nobody else does no one else does <laughs> and once again we have community meetups every week for the remainder of june yeah might, this might be after june right all right thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> Bye bye